everybody, my name is Eric Mercier. I am co-owner of Juice Imports, and today we're gonna walk you through the April edition of our Premium Wine Club. Uh, today we have a very special guest in the studio, and I'll have her introduce herself. Hello, I am Kate Burns. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Australia. I've been in Calgary now for four years. Um, most of my wine career has actually been in Calgary. Um, fairly new to wine, probably only about five years or so. And uh, just re recently started uh, a new Instagram page all about um, Canadian natural wines. So just working on that. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I figured uh, Kate would be a really great uh, addition to the podcast because uh, a, again, we were talking about it earlier, but you, you recently finished your WSET diploma, which yep. is no small feat. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's an extravagant amount of, of studying, so that's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, and then as well as sort of your connection to having worked at a couple different restaurants in the city, worked at you know some best wine shops and on the importing side for a short period of time <laughs> as well. So yep. I feel like you have a very complete picture. And then also coming from Australia, which has like a completely different wine scene at a different state in this development, I would Definitely. argue, uh, especially when it comes to local consumption. Yes. So I figured all those things would be really interesting to, to sort of integrate into this podcast. So yeah. hopefully that'll happen uh, <laughs> naturally because this, as usual, this is unscripted. <laughs> so, all right. So the first wine that we have today, I'll give a brief introduction, then we'll sort of maybe taste and, and talk together. Uh, so this is Dormalona. This is made by Josephine Perry. Um, we've had some Joe's wines in the wine club in the past uh, because they're just so good. I can't stop myself from, from putting them in, uh, especially something like this where we only got uh, exactly enough for the wine club that there wasn't enough to actually really go on the shelf anywhere. So it's like, unless you're in the wine club or purchase one of the few remaining bottles on the shelf, you're just not getting one. Um, and so they are in Western Australia, uh, in particular in Margaret River. The wine that we used in the last wine club um, was actually from Swan Valley, which is sort of the adjacent region. Margaret River is definitely the more famous region though, for higher end, more prestigious wines, in particular uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and then on the white side, Chardonnay, which is what we have in the glass today. Um, this is a very elegant classic version of Chardonnay. I know we like to include a lot of weird wines, but this one's lineup is like very archetype, classic, very true to form, um, which is something that I get really excited about. Um, yeah, so it's just sort of ironic that we have an Australian <laughs> wine and, and yourself being from Australia. Have you, have you been to Western Australia? I have been there. Yeah. I've been um, to the Swan Valley, but mm. I've nev never made it to Margaret River. Cool. Um, How is Swan Valley? I feel like that's kind of a, a wild it's hot. Wild place. Yeah. <laughs> the, like the rest of Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the wines from Margaret River are really interesting because they have one of the sort of most moderate climates, mm -hmm. I would argue. Um, I think that a lot of the, the sort of like coastal regions in Victoria, or if you take put Tasmania into the, the equation, those are actually like quite like cold. Yeah. Uh, it seems to go from like hot to cold. Those are the only two temperatures that there are in, in Australia it's is like true. cold climate <laughs> regions and hot climate regions versus Margaret River. I'd, I'd almost make the argument that it's like the most moderate of, of the climates and tends to make the most moderate wines like Cabernet Sauvignon at 13 to 13 and a half percent alcohol. Yeah. These sort of like plush soft versions of Chardonnay that are quite mineral but not like 
bracing. Yep. Um, so it's a style that I really like. So I, I again, I get excited about actually getting to drink this wine because yeah. this is the only bottle that I have my hands on. So. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, what do you think of the uh, think of the wine? You can do your full full <laughs> taste before I ask you about it. <laughs> um, it's really beautiful. Very elegant, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Nice, like, stone fruits. Um, yeah, it's Ooh. beautiful. Yeah, like kind of that salty peach thing going oh, on yeah. for it at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, sitting at twelve and a half percent alcohol, so a half percent lower than uh, than last vintage. Right. And I think it actually shows that really in like a positive way. Yeah. Where it's a bit brighter, fresher, kind of zingy characteristics to it. It was a cooler vintage, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, twenty twenty. Um, versus last vintage that we had. Actually, this is two thousand nineteen. Let me get my ducks in a row here. <laughs> Now I don't even know. The bottle's actually not telling me any information. <laughs> They're being super sneaky. Uh, 2019. Um, so yeah, 2019 versus all the other wines on the market that we have currently are 2020. 20, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they tend it's, to hold this back a little longer. So this is um, direct pressed into uh, a combination of um, uh, oak and also amphora, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're not doing sort of like the extensive skin contact on this that they're they're kind of known for. Yeah. Um, they, they definitely do like a lot of, you know, kind of funky orange wines versus yeah. this. They're like, hey, we want to do something, again, very classic. classic very, very yeah, elegant. Exactly. Very, yeah. very um, approachable for anybody. Yeah, I agree. I find the Chardonnays are sort of like maybe one of the wines that I'd like to lay down the longest as yes. well, too. Um, I think that Chardonnay, specifically from this region, tends to be like tight and mineral and like it has this plushness underlying, but it's yeah. like it kind of demands, Tons. you know, three to five years to yep. really start showing its best. Um, I'd say that the 2019 is actually showing. Uh, more ready to drink than the 2018 is currently. Right. I think the 2018 actually needs like five, six, <laughs> seven years to really start showing its own versus this is like actually way more approachable. And it's been on Lees. Yeah, yeah, they do direct press, so it's like it's basically gross Lees. It's not even just fine Lees. They're, they're, everything's going into it. They do rack. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, if things are getting reductive or, you know, whatever it happens to be, the Lees have to taste good. So yeah. for those of you at home who don't know what Lees are, Lees are basically um, – there's sort of two different Lees actually means two different things in winemaking one of those being the Lees that we're talking about um, being basically like all the particulate that's in the wine so things like grape skins grape pulp all the sort of like floaty you know little bits of stuff that happens when you crush grapes and then you're not filtering or finding it Um, the other thing that's often referred to as Lees is uh, is the yeast cells so the dead yeast cells after they're done fermentation Uh, so this is both on the gross Lees and the fine Lees the gross Lees being uh, again mostly that that grape matter versus the fine Lees being mostly you know yeast cells that's a nice textural element to it for sure definitely yeah yeah yeah. both like yeah definitely in this case like less so Flavor like there's still yeah. definitely like a lazy quality for mm-hmm. sure, but definitely adding more to that texture, that sort of yeah. like soft kind of like fluffy bread dough kind yeah. of vibe to it. Creamy even. Totally, yeah, definitely a little bit creamy. Mm. So so good. 
again, <laughs> as, as we're talking sort of about Australia, yeah. again, like Australia obviously has an amazing uh, domestic market for like, you know, basically if every natural wine producer in Australia wanted to sell exclusively in Australia, they, they could. probably could. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, again, we're, we're, we're getting there in you know, in Canada, but it's definitely like local consumption. It's not people in, you know, Alberta necessarily drinking wine from BC. It's not people in Ontario drinking wine from BC. It's like, it really is hyper local in that sense. Um, What do you see as sort of like the comparison and especially as somebody who's now sort of writing about the Canadian wine scene in particular and in Alberta? Yeah. uh, The Canadian wine industry is, is, is quite difficult to navigate in Australia. I was just getting into wine, um, just right before I left maybe like a year or two um, and I came out of coffee industry into wine industry which is a pretty easy transition Um, and just the culture is it's there everybody goes out and dines everybody drinks wine no matter where we would go out for dinner there would be natural wines on the list Mm. anywhere in Melbourne Melbourne's where I'm from Um, and you know uh, the wines are freely available throughout the country there's no uh, (laughs) provincial or state restrictions on moving wine around and also they do really great importing as well so you Mm -hmm. get all the great um, wines that we do here as well and comparatively to Canada I'm finding it very hard to navigate the system because I I want to try it. everything, specifically low-intervention wines. And Canada mm-hmm. makes really, really good wines. Mm-hmm. They're clean and they're they're just they're as good as anywhere else. Um, but it's the it's the laws that are restrictive or um, access to them, mm-hmm. the cost, all those things. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe you can speak a little bit to. You. Uh, that sort of I remember you posting something about the interprovincial shipping, yeah. shipping, and how it's all still sort of a gray area, but there are, there are potential consequences. And yeah, well, it, I don't even know the particular laws because they're all each province has their own mm-hmm. laws. Um, I can ask a winery to send me wine, and it's going to be up to them and uh, what the laws are, and they're going to know better than I am. Um, so I've ordered, you know, wines from Ontario, um, wines from BC. So we seem to be okay here, mm-hmm. but it's great also that you bring in so many great Canadian wines. But obviously, it's it's difficult enough for the importers uh, to yeah. bring in Canadian wine, which is so restrictive. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we should want to drink it as well, and we should want to support our, our local industry. Um, and you'll find that the majority of wines made in Canada are consumed within their own province. Mm-hmm. It's a high, high percentage. Yeah. And um, even for like the wine uh, wines of Ontario, they're like on their website it says it's more sustainable to just drink from your province. <laughs> and oh, I'm wow. like, wow, holy! You don't even want us to yeah. to try your wines. Yeah. They're just like they're ours. We want them all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they're using sustainable practices as, yeah. a, as a way to do that. And I'm like, there's truth to that, obvi- sure. obviously. Yeah. Um, but still, Canada is still local. Mm-hmm. And, you know, putting yeah. when parcels ship into provincially, it's on a big truck full of everything. So yeah. it's sustainable in that way. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Or it's going via rail, which is, exactly. is comparatively quite sustainable. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. I, that's 
that's a that's so Ontario. Yeah. Like, it's everything that I know about the sort of the, or at least the way that the wine industry was uh, there, and and it, it's definitely breaking away from those sort of archaic prohibitionist laws, but Slowly. it's still, yeah, it's still definitely a thing. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. That's yeah. so funny, though. They're just like, it's our mine. It's not for you. Oh, the other yeah. thing is, obviously, with um, smaller production wines and low intervention wines, it's generally the production size is a lot smaller. So mm-hmm. they sell out ridiculously fast or they're all on allocation. And in, so in that way, it can be also hard to access them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we find... One of the biggest issues, and, and we do have a Canadian wine today, so we can talk yep. about this a little bit more afterwards, but uh, just while we're on it, um, we look at, at wines from other places in the world. So, you know, like Brock Sellers, for instance, where it's like, you know, they're selling retail um, for sometimes the same price that, that they're selling for in the Okanagan, say $25 a bottle yep. for a particular wine, yep. but the X seller price from uh, the US will be, you know, uh, 60% off that that shelf price so instead of you know instead of us paying $25 we're paying you know let's say $12 something along those lines yeah you know $11-$12 versus in the Okanagan if it's $25 they're giving us like a 15 to 20 percent discount in a lot of cases they're like cool we can maybe do it for like $20 and the shipping alone is going to be a couple dollars a case uh, and then, or a couple dollars a bottle, and then we're also looking at uh, the provincial markup, Texas. which is, you know, for most Okanagan wines, we're talking, you know, four bucks a bottle, somewhere in that neighborhood. So right there, it's like, we haven't taken a cut, the nope. wine store hasn't taken a cut, and it's already the same price as it's retailing for yep. uh, in, you know, in the Okanagan or in yep. BC as a general statement. So these wines end up being quite you expensive know, yeah exactly like 50 percent more money here and yeah fortunately a lot of people are willing to to pay that price in order to support local but yeah. there definitely has to be some sort of renegotiation of of what that is and uh you know we'll figure out what that is eventually but do you think yeah. the winemakers want to just sell in their province and keep it or do you do they want to expand and yeah. get their wines out it, it's an interesting it's one of these tricky things where it's like it's not that i think that the discount is like i don't think that the price that they're selling it to us is wrong what i think is that their retail prices in bc need to be higher right uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's like that 25 dollar bottle like i, I get that they want to have a 25 dollar bottle mm-hmm. uh to be able to share with their friends and like yeah. they you know they don't need to be making a ton of money like they're like us they're like hey we're in it because we like doing this yeah we don't need to get rich off of this yeah um but what ends up happening is they can't discount any further than that for like their export markets yes so if they could just like if they could bump that up two dollars and then bump down our price two dollars yeah. then everything sort of you know comes out in the wash and then our prices end up looking a little closer to the same right and like again i think the difference between 25 dollars and 27 dollars for most consumers is is negligible yeah um if they're buying you know premium wine from the okanagan anyways exactly. and so but that's a hard conversation to have because it's yeah. like it's not my business I'm yeah not in their shoes like it's like that's sounds all good to me on paper uh (laughs) but for them again it might not work out necessarily and there might be reasons why that doesn't make sense for sure Um, i mean you can order direct but mm -hmm. also you're looking at a minimum um purchase generally six to twelve bottles plus shipping so it it adds up quite a lot and there are some some wineries that will just do one or two bottles if you want, and that's great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It's all 
I guess what whatever they they feel like to yeah and that's again like it comes down to sort of our incentive for wanting these wines on the market is yeah. that we do believe in supporting local yeah. and like that's not going to happen if we're taking a full cut yes. uh, because the system's not designed for us to support local no it's designed for us to go with like you know the bigger the better like we get a discount if we import a full pallet of something for yes. instance uh, we save on like the ship on both the shipping and also on like the receiving charges and stuff like that it's not designed for you to support small you know local <laughs> businesses so it's we really have to kind of like weasel our way into, into yeah. getting support with these guys so. and even getting access to some of the ones that you know for sure you, you just can't get <laughs> oh yeah we've been waiting for allocations of certain wines yeah. from canada for like literal years yeah um so outrageous yeah like i saw, I saw when uh garneau block got um uh paul's and ciders yes uh holy like yeah i had sent them a message like four years ago um they are great ciders by the way oh, they're unbelievable <laughs> ciders so i'm so glad but again she i i think uh gabriella was only able to get like 20 cases or something like maybe yeah. even less than that like it was like literally sent in the mail because it's small, so small amounts of cider wow uh and so it's like Again, between the two of us, we've been waiting, you know, years to, to get our hands on these these ciders, let alone you know, some of the legendary wines. And yeah. So it's, I don't know, but it's cool that we get to drink them every once in a while. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, I drink, you know, just drink Canadian mostly. Occasionally, yeah. we'll throw in another bottle here and there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's super cool, though. Yeah. And we have so many diverse regions that deserve exploring. And Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to take crazy. a while, but coast yeah. to coast is a that's a, a long way yeah exactly yeah. And, uh, yeah 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 cool well i'll pour the next wine here we can chat about it cool so for this next one uh this is actually a wine that i've been fortunate to drink uh, three times in the last week, which is crazy because we only got 60 bottles of it. So I've literally consumed like uh, like an actual like percentage of our, our allocation over the course of a single week. Um, we actually use this wine um, as a donation for um, Access Arts, which is an amazing arts foundation that helps uh, artists with um, uh, disabilities uh, basically get access to uh, anything they need in, in the arts world, whether yeah. that be training, whether that be uh, access to gallery space, right. um, whether that be uh, studio space to actually work in, uh, whether that be actual materials. Yep. Uh, and so they have this amazing program that, that supports hundreds of artists. Um, and so we actually use this to pair uh, with one of the uh, artist works, uh, David Apong, um, really ingenious artist. Uh, you know, well, I'll I'll include Super a link. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll include a link to the uh, to a photo of the art because uh, I think you'll agree that this wine pairs beautifully with it. Um, but yeah, so this is Domaine de la Guerriere. Uh So again, a, a producer that we've talked about on the podcast uh, many times over because I, again, I just think that they make some of the most classic, clean you know just gorgeous gorgeous wines um you know when we went to the loire valley basically everybody that we talked to who we said hey we're going to visit domaine de la garriere and they're like those are consistently just even keel perfect wines like you wouldn't want to change a single thing about them and that's kind of the style that we really like frankly yeah um okay. so this is called cinabra uh which means uh cinnabar um in french 
it basically refers to the fact that um, these soils are really high in iron, so they're actually quite red. Uh, and cinnabar is a is a pigment used to make paint, so like a red paint. So it's sort of named after that and the fact that they're all their friends are like crazy artists. Well, uh, you're right; it does go with the artwork. In, yeah, in exactly. that sense as well. Totally. And the artwork <laughs> that we were talking about as well was uh, was half red and half green. And so the idea behind the pairing was this is this is red soils, but Cab Franc, a grape variety that's notorious for being sort of green and herbaceous and and having these um, sort of you know whether it be sort of like green pepper characteristics, that capsicum quality, um, or whether it be sage or even fresh cut grass or green mm-hmm. tea, it always tends to have a green note to it. And Definitely. so for me, this was like the ultimate balance of sort of red and green. Yeah. Um, this Completely. is considered sort of their, their top red wine from their oldest vines. We're talking, you know, 50, 50 year old Cab Franc vines in the Loire Valley. Um, and for me, again, this is the ultimate sort of like knife's edge balance between being sort of a richer style of Cab Franc and being still very fresh, very lively, very spicy, um, and very herbal, so. And it smells like Loire Cab. It's very uh, yeah. classic. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, definitely an archetype. Oh, yeah beautiful it's got everything cab franc should have yeah <laughs> florality herbaceousness earthiness mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you're you're sort of about to uh release a little series of, of canadian cab, cab yeah franc. canadian cab franc yeah. on the uh on, on the old uh instagram Instagram, there in the near future here is this Um, one of the varieties that is grown um east and west so mm -hmm. it's a it's a great comparison to have oh oh, i've never had my phone go off uh, (laughs) podcast before that's so exciting and it's telus and everything they're always trying to ruin my life it's classic (laughs) but yeah grown east and west um and for a lot of good reasons, like really like frost, uh, yep. not frost prone, yep. um, which is great. Yep. Um, can survive a long time in our climate, can get yeah. gra- grapes ripe. Exactly. Yeah. More um, in the West, uh, more so than Cabernet Sauvignon, which doesn't mm-hmm. do as well. Um, but it's its parent variety. And uh, yeah. it's interesting that we have the next wine kind of leads into that. <laughs> Yeah, Cab exactly. Yeah. yeah, we decided to do two 2017, uh, well, a Cab Franc and then a, then a Cab Franc-based uh, blend sort of simultaneously so that we can kind of do like a back-to-back uh, comparison. I really like doing that sort of side-by-side as often as possible. Yeah. Uh, the next one is, is not a majority Cab Franc, but it's definitely like a dominant feature of it. For sure. Uh, and so you can really sort of see the comparison between the two. Yeah. Um, so you have six different Cab Francs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the for the next, I guess you're releasing next, over the next week or so. Well, a couple of weeks. We'll spread yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is the illusion. My dad always like you know whenever he calls me or whatever, he's like, "Oh, you've been really busy lately." I was like, "No, all those photos were taken in one day, and I've been posting them over the course of two weeks yep. to make it look like I'm always doing fun things." Exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's got definitely to, the illusion of the. You've got to plan Instagram. ahead with your content. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so six Cab Francs over the course of the next couple of weeks, all Canadian. Is three it even from split? O- yeah. Okay. Three Okanagan, three um, from Ontario. Nice. So. Yeah. yeah. 
It's going to be super fun. <laughs> and so what, what are the hopes with this focus? Are you Is the plan to get more people to drink Cab Franc? Is it just to, like, illustrate the, the diversity? Or yeah, what's the sort of goal? I was just, like, just interested in what grows where in Canada because viticulture is one of those things that's it's, um, highly dependent on its climate, mm-hmm. and the climate is changing very much so. So it's interesting to see... You know, the differences in the Okanagan is going to be a lot warmer mm-hmm. than it is out west. And then so it's going to show, it should show, like, through the wines, mm-hmm. for sure. Are you allowed unveiling what, what wines you're going to No. no? <laughs> <laughs> <I was like laughs> Got to keep people interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to tune into Instagram if you want to yeah. see, uh, see some Cab Franc. Yeah, exactly. Canadian Cab Franc. Totally. Yeah, I, I really dig this style. This is kind of mm. cool, too, because they, they also age, um, age this wine for a significant amount of time before release. So 2017 is the current release of this wine. It's not like a back vintage or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they age it in sort of like the deepest, coldest part of the cellar. So it tends to evolve very slowly. Yeah. Um, they use l- very little sulfur here. So it's like you... you kind of need that long elevage period i find with, mm-hmm. with low sulfur wines if you want them to be ready for the long haul yeah um i find that if you make like a low sulfur wine and release it right away it's great for like the short term it's but not falls ready. apart yeah, yeah exactly falls apart really quickly um versus if you do these like extended you know 18 to 24 months like very slow aging cold place not a lot of oxygen yep. um, but just the right amount of oxygen then you end up with these wines where again tasting this now like it tastes fresh as a daisy first of all yeah and then secondly like again i i would happily lay this down in my cellar for another five years and, absolutely and not be worried about it you know it's very harmonious mm-hmm. and that's what happens is a lot of wines are just released too early yeah and it's because of market demand and for the wineries sure. need to do it and it's unfortunate a lot of wines get drunk so early and especially natural wines because given a given a little bit of time they're just gonna come together beautifully Mm -hmm. yeah we see that a lot with our producers where they're like cool i bottled the new vintage are you ready to order it yet (laughs) i'm like uh yes yeah and the problem is that like we we don't get to have our own warehouse space in here in alberta it wouldn't be the end of the world like we could start holding back wines if we had our own like temperature controlled warehouse space and Although Liquor Connect claims to be temperature controlled, <laughs> you don't really want things living there for longer than like no. six months to a year at most. And the cost as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you're paying like a buck a bottle, you know, every month, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, you know, that really starts eating into your profit, especially Absolutely. considering like we're, we're making a couple dollars a bottle on, Ex- on most wines. Exactly. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would be lovely if we could hold some of these wines back longer. But yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just not possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Have you started like a like a Canadian wine cellar, like a to 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 hold? Uh, uh, well, I have collection? a lot of wine, mm-hmm. so I'm sure some of it may. Yeah. I can't get through it very quickly. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I don't drink that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friends always laugh when I pull out uh, like old Canadian wines because when I first started getting into wine, like again. This was like eight years ago, and I was really excited about this idea of aging unsung wines, being like, can this age? Yeah. Like, everybody's like, oh, like, you can't age that. You can't age that. Like, why would you want to throw down a $35 bottle of Menthia or, like, whatever? <laughs> and I'm like, those wines are going to be cool. You're going to want to drink them when I pull them out in eight years. And exactly. you'll be like, wait, this is 
12 year old you know canadian cab franc like yeah. sweet i get excited about stuff that like would that would be interesting so. Yeah, so I, I still have a couple bottles from, like, the first trip I ever took the Okanagan, which, yep. again, is probably about eight years ago. And wow. um, a couple friends of mine were talking about having, like, a, you know, like a little little outdoor get-together <laughs> now that, you know, that's the weather's finally turning around <laughs> and we're allowed, you know, at least seeing each other from a distance. Yeah. Because um, I have a bottle of uh, 2013 Tantalus Riesling, just the mm-hmm. regular Riesling, and then an 07 um, old vines Riesling wow. from Tantalus. Yeah. And uh, I have a bunch of friends who have old bottles of Tantalus in their cellar. That and would again, be they, perfect. they don't cost anything. No. Like, Tantalus Riesling is astonishingly inexpensive for, for the quality level. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like, we all seem to have, like, at least one bottle of Tantalus, like, tucked away. So I feel like, you know, I everyone's going to pull it out. I feel they just released a reserve line mm. of some older stuff. And, I mean, totally. their vineyards go back to 1927. Which Jeez. is crazy. They're yeah. some of the oldest vineyards in, in the Okanagan, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. What's your, like, uh, go-to Cab Franc pairing? Mm. Um, you can do anything roasted, mm-hmm. be it uh, meats, like duck, pork, lamb. Lamb would be really good. Um... And like cheeses as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's like one of the the weird things about Loire Valley reds is they seem to actually go like really well with goat cheeses. Goat things cheese. that you normally mm-hmm. would pair with like again, Sauvignon Blanc or like yep. Chablis even. <laughs> uh, so it's like it's so weird that they go so well with like that classic like Chevre style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely go well, for sure. All right. So our next sort of Cab Franc influenced wine <laughs> here. Um, this is Echo Bay's uh, Synoptic. Um, this is made by our good friend Kelsey. Uh, so this is kind of a cool one too because we have uh, you know two female winemakers in, in today's uh, lineup. Something that you know we we, we noticed maybe <laughs> a couple years ago that our portfolio is super uh, male dominant, and then yeah. we we've over the last couple of years gone out of our way to like you know. Even. even the playing field a little <laughs> bit because it was getting a little bit outrageous there. Um, and so Kelsey is just like, uh, just one of the most astonishing winemakers of all time, like being a so young, uh, not having a ton of vintages under her belt yet still making again, probably like the most compelling Bordeaux blend blends in the Okanagan. Like I can't think of another Bordeaux blend that I've had from the Okanagan. That's yep. sort of on this level. Um, but it's, again, exciting to see out of such a young winemaker. Um, she works together with her family in the vineyard. They're just north of Okanagan Falls, um, which is, again, sort of like an unsung region. I think a lot of people who visit the Okanagan go to Kelowna. And so mm-hmm. everybody who asks us, like, hey, where should I go near Kelowna? I was like, literally nowhere. nowhere. There's, like, <laughs> there's nowhere to go near no. near Kelowna. Like, you can you go to... Travel out a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Like, like A tips for anybody going to the Okanagan stay in Penticton because yep. you're way more central that way yep. um, it's a shorter drive to literally everything uh, <laughs> the, plus the restaurant scene I think in Penticton is, is better than the restaurant scene in Kelowna if you're like into like cool food like into like fun food as opposed to just like you know frou-frou like you know pretentious you know wannabe fine dining that <laughs> makes you feel bad about yourself kind of food uh, <laughs> and costs a fortune <laughs> exactly and costs a fortune versus in Penticton like you can eat super well and like eat like really great pizza and like have really great wine 
Um, it's, it's like I, I like stuff like that. Anyways, so they're in Okanagan Falls, which is just south of Penticton, um, by you know half an hour, like at most sort of deal. Um, they're on. Uh, the west side of the lake, so they get a lot of sort of like eastern sun over the course of the day. They're almost like in a little gully. Um, so it sort of like funnels uh, all the cold air sort of down towards the lake so you don't end up with massive frost problems. Although if it gets severe enough, like you're going to have frost problems everywhere in the Okanagan. Um, and uh, she's farming this vineyard with her parents. Um, the focus was definitely on Bordeaux varieties, although her interests definitely lie uh not elsewhere necessarily, but like definitely also elsewhere. Um, where you know she wants to make like trousseau and savignon and and you know fool around with Italian grape varieties. But uh, you know originally the vineyard, you know it has to make money and people are willing to spend money on Bordeaux grapes. Yeah. Uh, you know Cabernet Sauvignon sells for like three times as much as as a lot of the other grape varieties that are unsung heroes. Um, so you know you want to make a, a Bordeaux blend, a serious wine. Uh, for but in a, in a low intervention style. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing that's too. That's even is that, more exciting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> She's done a really good job of like tricking a lot of people. I think, <laughs> and I I know it's totally unintentional, but it's like if you pour this or anybody, I don't think they'd be like, oh, natural wine. No. They'd be like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> None of these wines, actually. Yeah. Tried this is a super bit. not weird month. Yeah. Uh, but know. it just show, goes to show you how classic a wine can be made naturally mm-hmm. definitely cool um have you had uh echo bay wines mm-hmm. before yes cool I, th- I thought you had i remember trying must have been a previous vintage mm-hmm. yeah the 16 just thinking how good it is yeah and definitely a wine to lay down for sure <laughs> they're really lucky that they're able to to hold back these wines for yeah. a significant period of time yeah um so this 2017 just came out yeah um so they won't be releasing the 18 for like almost another year which yeah. is wild um versus most producers in the okanagan again it's like in and out super quick yeah um unless they're one of the big guys who can afford to, to hold back wines because they make millions of cases. <laughs> yeah. Versus this, I think she made like just over 300 cases of or something like that. Which and that's is their crazy like big that, production they, wine. that they can hold it back, which is totally. great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're fortunate they're, that their family has owned um, this little property for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, again, that's always helpful. It's, it's <laughs> one of the reasons why, you know, France and Spain and Italy can make wines to the price they do they paid off that land you know 10 generations ago absolutely uh, they're just paying the taxes on it now yeah sure but um yeah what do you think about again i know we're geeking out about cab franc here so it's it's maybe just worth noting what do you think cab franc's place is in a in a bordeaux blend and and do you like it in bordeaux blends um you know what's what's your thoughts on the i think it's franc is a blending grape well, it's always predominantly used as a blending grape, mm-hmm. and the only sort of places you don't see it is in the Loire, mm-hmm. and a lot. And uh, in Canada here, I found six low intervention Cab Francs mm-hmm. unblended, which is it's quite exciting. Um, it just adds that aromatic freshness to it, and really, really makes it jump out of the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I definitely get a ton of it, like that. Yeah spicy herbaceous Mm -hmm. almost peppery quality oh yeah um the other grapes that we have here uh we have all the classic bordeaux grapes um 
normally in a Bordeaux blend, you don't have all of them. Um, but in this case, uh, you have predominantly Merlot um, with Cap Franc in second place, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon uh, after that. Um, and then you have small amounts of uh, Malbec, uh, Pizzi Verdot and Carmenere. It's uh, literally yeah. all of them. <laughs> literally all of them. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm uh, sure there's some weird rare grape varieties in, in Bordeaux <laughs> that I've never heard of before. But as far as like the classic ones go, like definitely we've got them. And it's, yeah. But Cab Franc is like, you know, the parent to two of those other grapes. Three of those other grapes. Yeah. So it's, it's uh really interesting i remember reading on your page the other day that um Cavranc comes from somewhere else not from bordeaux no it comes from spain from the basque region that's wild to isn't me. it yeah that's so, like that's again th- th- there's probably a reason why the french have hidden that and, and not, yep. not bothered uh you know telling anybody but uh claimed it for itself yeah exactly but yeah i always thought that it had evolved in bordeaux but yeah, yeah apparently came up from bosque region yeah. crazy crazy yeah would have came over the border like northern spain france mm-hmm. and yeah they claimed it yeah wow <laughs> and it, i think it's still in spain yeah and gets confused with hmm. um one of the Chuckley grapes. Yeah, one of Hon- the Hondurabis. Yeah. Something. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to say it. Like Hondurabi Zuri is the white one. It's the white I one. I can never yeah. remember the red one. Yeah. Hondurabi uh, yeah. something? Yeah. I don't know. A very obscure grape variety. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've honestly never had uh, a red uh, Chuckley before. No. I hear that they're really, really tasty. That would be really fun. Yeah. We were looking at importing one for a long time, but. Uh, um, but uh, they weren't organic, right? Uh, and we just like couldn't justify it, despite yeah. it being really tasty. Uh, I was like, uh, like <sighs> if we start breaking the rules now, like you know, it's like, a yeah, rabbit yeah, hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, there's certain exceptions that we make where like a producer makes mostly wines from organic vineyards, and then yep. they make one wine that's not organic, and we make that exception. But for, sure. for a whole estate to not be organic, we're yep. like. Okay, I don't think we can sort of make nope. that justification, but yeah. I had a rosé chuckly, actually, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, not a red. That was the reason why we wanted to import them is because yeah. their rosé was so, so good, good. <laughs> uh, and it just had the ugliest label I've ever seen. And I'm personally a really big fan of ugly labels, so I was I was really into it, um, and they were super nice. But yeah, yeah, this is... couldn't justify it. Yeah, very serious wine. Yeah, for sure. And anyone. Any serious wine drinker would appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. Also th- sitting at a uh, 13.8% uh, alcohol. Uh, just a touch of oak on there too. Yeah, yeah. They're still a young winery, so they're yep. still definitely buying new barrels. It yep. definitely gets like a little bit less each yep. year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but, yeah. well integrated into yeah, the wine. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. I wouldn't say like oaky. No, like, yeah. definitely not. Although it, it is definitely there. Now that you mention it, it's like definitely... It's got a little bit of that kind of creamy vanilla quality. Almost that like oval teeny kind yeah. of like. Multi. Yeah, exactly. That maltiness. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah like kind in, of that in the nice way. Totally. Yeah. It gets along with the fruit really well. It does. Yeah. I, I remember uh, like great friend of mine, Ruby. Shout out to Ruby. Ruby's the best. Um, now lives in L.A. and I'm, I'm jealous of her entire life. Um, but I remember her forever ago being like, I do not understand oak on Cabernet Sauvignon or on Cab Franc because like why would you want 
uh, like green pepper and vanilla in the same glass. <laughs> and I'm like, I get what you're saying. And she's like, I find it offensive. She's like, I find it disgusting. Like, why would like that that flavor combination is gross. But I'm like, you're not wrong in like that dis- like that thought. But everybody seems to disagree with you uh, because like Oak and, and Cabernet Sauvignon and, and Cab Franc get along again very well or like merlot again so a grape yeah. that can be herbaceous um yeah i don't know like what makes those things work together in this case it's like peanut butter De- and pickles or something i don't know it depends on the balance of the wine yeah right so for sure yeah really you don't want this. the oak to dominate any wine really mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that's very true but yeah, I, I feel like there's certain grape varieties that, like, again, on paper seem to make a lot more sense with oak, yet it's less successful. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be Pinot Noir, where it's like, I, I historically don't really like new oak on Pinot Noir. Yep. Um, again, there are notable examples, for sure, but, yep. like, as a general statement, it doesn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Syrah. Like, yep. Syrah is, like, such a confusing one because I'm like, okay, hey, cool, like, oak seems to make a ton of sense based on the flavor profile, but I'm like... I don't really like oaky Syrah, like, yeah. versus, you know, Cab, like, I do like, you know, I like a some little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't mind a little pinch of oak. So. And a little bit on a, on a Chardonnay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's the thing here, too, is that we have, like, three wines that all have oak influence, which yep. has never happened in the history of our wine club, which <laughs> the other wine club has been going for, like, over two years now, yeah. almost three years now. Uh, we've never had three wines that have all had, like, at least a hint of new oak. Wow. So that's a... Like but I'm breaking all the natural wine rules right now. Didn't even pick it up too much on the first two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, again, like, they're very, very, very well cool. integrated, for yeah. sure. Yeah, basically, like, for the Domaine de la Guerrelière, they're using it to, like, season their new barrels. Because, um, again, oak can overpower if the fruit's not super, super intense. Yeah. And so for their other wines, like their entry-level um, Cab Franc, which is also very delicious, uh, Rouge de la Cornue, um, definitely worth looking into and their gamay they're like yeah cool we definitely don't want any oak on those no versus this can actually because it's so much more flavorful so much more intense and because it's going through this longer aging period it can kind of get away with a little bit of oak yeah. versus the other ones can't and then they also make a chardonnay to season their barrels uh, they're like yeah chardonnay and oak mm, real tasty <laughs> so it works yeah exactly <laughs> well cool this is beautiful yeah really cool. digging it great great combo for sure yeah um, yeah, I don't know. Any, any any closing thoughts? Any final opinions on the lineup or on... Uh, oh, no. On the lineup general? is great. Yeah. And uh, seek out more Canadian natural wines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you bring most of them in, uh, quite a few, which is yeah. awesome. Um, it's great to be out of... Like, all the ones I picked are, like, the Cab Francs are ones that I can get in retail stores mm. here, which is great. Oh, but one I ordered direct. Um, so, yeah, the more we have it around, the more people try it, Yeah, the more they'll love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I yeah. agree. And it helps the whole industry, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we have to talk about for today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If anybody has any questions, you can reach out to me uh, via email. My address is eric, E-R-I-K, 
at juiceimports.com. Uh, definitely follow along on Kate's Instagram. We'll uh, link that in the newsletter and on the website. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions for her, definitely yeah. send a DM. Absolutely. You know, obviously super knowledgeable and uh, just starting sort of this new sort of uh, wine adventure. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting to see how it's progressing. Anyways, thanks so much for joining oh, me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great, uh, again, to have another, another palette in the studio for sure. <laughs> uh, we'll chat with you next one.